Can we just move on and forgive the failures of our governmental leaders who leveraged COVID for cheap power grabs these past two and a half years? After all, it's time to move on. Plus, today on the eve of a very important midterm election, I'm here to remind you of how insane the world has become over the last two years. Many thought getting rid of Orange Man would bring balance to the force. No, it forced us to abandon our brains. I remind you who to vote for, and we do a midterm meme drop. This is your favorite night of the week, The Deep End on Tim Hatch Live. Yes, I said it's your favorite night. It's on Monday. And the reason why it's on Monday is because I don't want to stop you from voting tomorrow. I don't even want this show to stop you from voting tomorrow. So thank you for tuning in extra early, a whole 24 hours early for Deep End Season 6, Episode 12. The Deep End is where we learn and discern about our world, our society, politics, and no more important episode than tonight to talk about what's going on in the world. And that brings us to the Deep End News segment. Deep End News. The news you choose if you could choose news. Let's declare a pandemic amnesty. Yes, that is the call from the Atlantic Monthly in an article that was published about, I think two weeks ago. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit behind the curve on this article. Uh, this is from the Atlantic Monthly, owned by the widow of Steve Jobs. That will come in handy later in the show. Uh, the article is talking about focusing on the future and fixing the problems we still need to solve. Written by Emily Oster, an economics professor at Brown University. And this article is laughable. <laughs> and I just want to share some of the highlights. She writes, in April 2020, with nothing else to do, my family took an enormous number of hikes. We all wore cloth masks that I had made myself. We had a family hand signal which the person in the front would use if someone was approaching on the trail and we needed to put on our masks. Um, first off, April 2020, you were putting on masks. April 2020, right after Fauci said, don't wear masks, are you sure? And hand signals, come on. In the woods, seriously? Only a brown professor would come up with this nonsense. Anyway, once when another child got too close to my then four-year-old son on a bridge, he yelled at her, social distancing. Really, your four-year-old? Okay, whatever. Uh, these precautions were totally misguided. In April 2020, no one got the coronavirus from passing someone else hiking. <laughs> Again, in their thinking, they became fools. Outdoor transmission was vanishingly rare. Our cloth masks made out of old bandanas wouldn't have done anything anyway. But the thing is, we didn't know. Mm -hmm. You didn't know. How, do you, how you didn't know, I don't know. But anyway, she goes on. I have been reflecting on this lack of knowledge thanks to a class I'm co-teaching at Brown on COVID. We've spent several lectures reliving the first year of the pandemic, discussing the many important choices we had to make under conditions of tremendous uncertainty. Some of these choices turned out better than others, you think? To take an example, uh, close to my own work, there is an emerging, if not universal, consensus that schools in the U.S. were closed for too long. The health risks of in-school spread were relatively low, whereas the cost to students' well-being and educational progress were high. The latest figures on learning loss are alarming, but in spring and summer 2020, we had only glimmers of information. Reasonable people, people who cared about children and teachers, advocated on both sides of the reopening debate. I would argue that it wasn't reasonable people, it was political people. And I've been arguing that for two and a half years on this channel. It was not reasoned argument that made our kids stay at home. Red states opened up their schools and blue states closed them down. 
And this is why this election matters. And you've got to keep it in your mind when you go to the polls tomorrow. There was no reasonable debate. There was no rational debate. There was no scientific debate. It was just a political power tool for both sides to fight for what they thought was right and who they thought needed to go. And it was really just one person. And we all know who that is. Um, anyway, in response to this article, the Washington Examiner put out this article. There will be no quote unquote pandemic amnesty written by Zachary Faria. And he writes in his response to that Atlantic Monthly article, the social decay and other disastrous effects that bureaucrats and mostly Democratic politicians brought on society must be answered for. We didn't know isn't an acceptable response. Yes, thank you. And then he highlights what Emily Oster wrote about pandemic amnesty in the Atlantic, saying we need to forgive one another. Da, 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 da. To start her piece, she cites the precautions she took in April 2020 right after the start of the pandemic. She claims there was guys that we didn't know. And then he writes this very important factoid. We may not have known much in April 2020, but we knew before the 2020 fall semester that children should be in schools. We knew children were at a serious risk from the virus. And that if grocery store workers could be deemed essential, so could teachers. By the start of the 2021 academic year, we most certainly did know that children belonged in school in person with no restrictions. But some Democratic politicians still imposed virtual learning on children well into the spring of that year. In New York City, uh, sorry, this year, this year, he says, in New York City, Washington, D.C., and Chicago, politicians and bureaucrats were still putting restrictions on children just a few short months ago. So, no, we didn't know isn't going to fly. There is no... Amnesty. And again, the article goes on to cite the steep costs of the education decline. This is also from the Washington Examiner, another article that that article highlights. Uh, falling test scores illustrate the disaster of distance learning. This article citing that new data from the National Assessment of Educational Progress show that student test scores nationwide suffered their worst decline in history. We're getting dumber the more we trust the science. The NAEP, also known as the National Nation's Report Card, measures student proficiency in reading and math at the 4th and 8th grade levels. This year, it found that students at all levels, from the most, most advanced in the 90th percentile down to the lowest achievers in the 10th percentile, have seen a significant decline in their math and reading proficiency. And um, it goes on. One more thing, just to highlight on this topic. And there's no question that the closures contributed significantly to the decline in learning. Why? Look what he says. There are two proofs of this. First, Catholic schools almost everywhere were open full-time by the fall of 2020. And on, at, and on aggregate, the data show that they avoided the worst of the learning loss, avoiding declines in proficiency in fourth grade math and eighth grade reading. Moreover, states that kept schools uh, uh, states that kept more schools open experienced smaller declines in proficiency than their peers. So the stats, the science has proven that the red states who by and large opened up schools and allowed personal freedom and believed that we could survive through this flu, um, they actually proved to be right. And the blue states that I believe leveraged this pandemic for political gain proved to be wrong. And now here on the eve of a midterm election, which I've never really thought was important until now, really in my life, I'm 46 years old, I've never thought a midterm election was important until now, you need to vote. Because this is the reality and this is the fact. There can be no forgetting. There can be no moving on. There must be accountability. Look, it's not like this was just sin in that they lied and they leveraged power to control us for two and a half years. This will pay pains into our life for the foreseeable future. 
and accountability happens at the voting booth. Absolutely. I am a pastor. This show is not me being a pastor. This show is me being on a social commentator. And in the name of all things good for us, I am asking you to go out there and vote and hold accountable the crazy political leaders that leveraged COVID for their political gain and have proven to be absolute disasters in their leadership. Democrats have the White House. They have both houses of Congress. Left-leaning news outlets do their bidding, support their causes without question. Big tech companies like Google, Facebook, and formerly Twitter made sure to suppress any view that contradicted the establishment's talking points. We have been living in 1984, and it's been too long. And the time to end that comes tomorrow morning. So get out there and hold them accountable. And if you need a reminder of why all this matters, well, friends, that's why I'm here. I'm going to do a special segment of Deep End Disclosure where we're going to remind you of the nature of our present bizarro world. Let's do it. Okay, deep end disclosure, here's the deal. The establishment says, do not question bizarro world. How many remember the 1990s hit sitcom Seinfeld? What a show, hilarious. It actually was masterful at doing something unique. Seinfeld had the ability to touch very touchy topics. They talked about almost anything on that show and they did it with, with great humor on both sides. They kind of poked fun at both sides of the very hot and contentious issues of the 1990s. Also, they predicted a lot of the things that we are seeing in our day, in this generation, is kind of ironic, uh, but there was one particular episode called The Bizarro Jerry, where Elaine makes friends with three new guys who are the opposite of her three male friends, Jerry, George, and Kramer on the show. And uh, this is a scene, we don't have the audio there, but she's seeing her real friends, that's Jerry, George, and Kramer. And then she turns and she sees the three new friends, the bizarro Jerry, George, and Kramer. Bizarro Jerry is serious and down to earth. Bizarro George is generous and thoughtful. And bizarro Kramer is normal. And she's stuck. She's stuck as to who should she hang out with because there's the real world and then there's the bizarro world. And I think that that has been us right now. That is us right. We are Elaine right now. There's the normal world, and then there's the world of the last two and a half years. The adults are back in charge, they said, at the election of Joe Biden. And since then, your 401k has sunk. Your kids get puberty blockers without your consent. Crime only matters if it's murder. Guys beating girls in girls' sports is cool now. And the science has your kids shot up with experimental vaccines. Please understand, it wasn't always this bizarre but it is, and we've got to talk about it here on Disclosure. I want to give you a couple of examples of Bizarro World, America 2020 through America 2022. Bizarro World experiment number one, Black Lives Matter. And never ever say all lives matter, even though George Floyd's own brother did. Because black lives do matter, except in the womb, where they are far more aborted than any other race. Far more. Notice the chart in abortion rates and ethnicity in 2019 in America, it is almost double every other race. Black lives matter, except in the womb. Bizarro world experiment number two, women's rights now. But we don't even know what a woman is. Biological men are dominating women's sports and have been for a while now. 
And some people call this progress. Trans women are indeed women. And one of the most one of the supposedly smartest people in the country, newly appointed Supreme Court Justice Katani Brown Jackson, can't even tell us what a woman is. So when we're arguing for women's rights, who are we actually arguing for? <laughs> I give you candidate for re-election as the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, literally put out an ad talking about how she is going to bring down the costs of feminine products. And in talking about this, she refers to people with periods. I kid you not. Watch. Bipartisan tax cut will help reduce the economic burden of the cost of menstrual products, especially for lower income Michiganders. Saving people with a period from paying taxes on up to $4,800 in spending over the course of People with a period. Okay, I guess women's rights now is so, what, 2019? Now it's people with periods rights now. And what if an older woman had a hysterectomy? Is she no longer a woman? <laughs> okay, whatever. Um, uh, bizarro world experiment number three. We're all in this together. So mask up, stay apart, and no socializing, social distancing, stay home, save lives. Unless, of course, we are Gavin Newsom at a fancy French restaurant raising money in November of 2020, or Nancy Pelosi getting a haircut in September of 2020, or the mayor of Denver on Thanksgiving in 2020, or once again, Michigan Governor Gretchen, Gretchen Whitmer in May of 2021. I also want to give you a picture of this. It's a funeral. It's a funeral from July 17th, 2020. The funeral was for... Representative John Lewis of Georgia. He was a Democratic representative, and his funeral was packed. It was packed wall-to-wall -wall with people. But your dad's funeral during COVID in the summer of 2020, that was limited to 10 people. And you probably didn't even see your dad if he was in a nursing home or in a hospital in the last year, uh, weeks or months of his life. But we're all in this together. Uh, also, another example of all of us being in this together, this is this happened in July of 2020. Uh, Steve Jobs' widow, Lauren Powell, owner of the Atlantic Monthly publication that just put out that article calling for pandemic amnesty, was out on her $110 million mega yacht with friends partying. Again, July 2020, right in the middle of the pandemic lockdown nonsense. Remember, kids, by the way, it's wrong for billionaires to own news media outlets like Twitter. Shame on you, Elon Musk. Except... For the Washington Post, which is owned by Jeff Bezos, or the Boston Globe, which is owned by John Henry. Both of them are billionaires. And the Atlantic Monthly, owned by Lauren Powell. She's also a billionaire. That's okay. It's just the ones that they can't control what they say. They, like Elon Musk, can't be owning any media outlets. Uh, what are we on? Number four, uh, Bizarro World Experiment number four. Obesity is healthy. Remember that line? And Cosmopolitan putting on fat ladies on the cover and saying this is healthy so eat up and don't you dare fat shame people while we lock everyone down for a virus that really only causes serious health problems for dot 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 obese people <laughs> good things we shut good thing we shut down those national parks and locked up the local basketball court so you couldn't exercise and get fatter because after all that's actually healthy now don't judge just go with it another way that we should acknowledge the bizarro experiments of the last two and a half years the, the idea of don't judge. Remember Martin Luther King Jr. saying that I dream of a country where my kids are judged by the content of the character and not the color of their skin and how now today it's so important to not judge anyone on the basis of color, religion, or sexuality. That's true 
unless, of course, you go to James Madison University, where they train students to blame white, straight Christian males that they are, quote, oppressors. Or if you're Professor Barbara Walter teaching at the University of California that if civil war happens, it's white male Christians who will be at fault. These are just a small sample of the bizarre notions that we were expected to believe for the last two and a half years, but I'm not done. Another example of bizarro world today, the economy is booming. Now, please, to understand that, you must not listen to the three quarters of Americans who know that we are in a recession, whose pockets are feeling the pinch of re record high inflation. No, President Biden, dear leader, insists that the economy is strong as H-E double hockey stick as he munches on ice cream once again. And forget the news that all income groups are feeling economic pain from inflation. That is everyone, and most notably, the poor. But the economy is stronger than ever. Stop complaining. You must be living in a normal world. This is bizarro world. And in bizarro world, the rules are upside down. How about another one? The police are the problem. Defund them. Let's abandon police. Let's give uh, bail to people who have committed crimes and let them out uh, free of charge. Our vice president actually raised money for Minneapolis rioters and looters to be let out of prison. And then they went out and committed more crime. I give you one of the stupidest tweets of this election season. Some blue check twit on Twitter named Mona Charon literally just tweeted. And look at this. <laughs> Other than murder, violent crime is not up. Did you know that? Violent crime is a key midterm voting issue. But what does the data say? I can't believe she said it with a straight face, but we fact-checked it, and she did say it indeed with a straight face. So, yes, violent crime. Murder, yeah, that's up. But if we take out that little inconvenient act of murder, violent crime is not up. So... I may get killed, but thankfully I'm less likely to get beaten up and robbed in America. So let's blame the police and defund them and let's allow the criminals to run free. But maybe I'm just one of those bigoted, old-fashioned, wrong side of history homophobes. I don't know. You be the judge. It's bizarro world anyway. Another example of the bizarro world we're living in is trust the science. Until, of course, it's time to change the science. And remember all the promises and statements that were proven to be totally false. How science had to change, how the six-foot social distancing rule was arbitrary, and how we were promised again and again, oh, by the dear leaders of our society in bizarro world, that nobody, nobody would get COVID if you were vaccinated. This was said by Fauci, Biden, CDC Director Rachel Walensky, billionaire Bill Gates, and Pfizer CEO Albert Boria. When you are vaccinated, you're not going to get infected. You're not going to get COVID if you have these vaccinations. Vaccinated people will do not carry the virus and don't get sick. Everyone who takes the vaccine is reducing their transmission. There is no variant that escapes the protection of our vaccines. And on and on and on, they lied and lied and lied. And then there are these inconvenient headlines, such as Dr. Anthony Fauci testing positive for, for COVID in June of 2022, Biden twice in July of 22, Pfizer CEO twice in, the, in two months in September of 2022, Bill Gates in May of 2022, Rachel Walensky twice in October 2022. Trust the science. And what happens when the science fails in bizarro world? Very simple. You just get more science. I give you this piece from the national file reporting, quote, FDA approved first oral blood thinning medication for children ahead of vaccine rollout 
for ages 5 to 11. So, so here's the news, guys. The FDA just approved a medication for your children ages 5 to 11 so that their blood could be thinned because the children just got approved for the vaccines. <laughs> you cannot make this kind of nonsense up. This article is saying, with today's approval of Pradoxa, pediatric patients have another therapeutic option to treat and prevent potentially deadly blood clots, said Ann Farrell, MD, Director of Division of Non-Malignant Hematology for the FDA Center for Drug Evaluation and Research. A few months later, the FDA authorized children ages 5 to 11 to be injected with the Pfizer COVID-19 shot. So it's almost like they know what the COVID-19 shot is going to do to the kids, and they want to preemptively offer the kids more science. A drug that they can take to thin their blood. I didn't know that kids needed drugs to thin their blood, but evidently in Bizarro World, this is a thing now. The article goes on. Blood clotting has been a somewhat rare but extremely serious and potentially life-threatening side effect for all the controversial COVID-19 vaccines. As National File reported this week, a new st study headed by the Mayo Clinic doctor suggests that individuals who are injected with the Johnson & Johnson COVID-19 vaccines are 3.5 times more likely to get cerebral venous sinus thrombosis, a potentially fatal blood clot in the brain. Earlier this year, multiple countries across the world halted the use of AstraZeneca COVID-19 injection due to blood clots. Around the same time, a shock study found that the clotting was just as likely to occur from the Pfizer shot. Now, why do we need blood thinners again for our kiddos? <laughs> Something that I didn't experience when I was growing up, but I'm on the wrong side of history, so who am I to talk? Maybe that's because myocarditis cases are exceeding expected rates across all age groups. Or this inconvenient article headline, COVID-19 mRNA vaccines tied to higher risk for myocarditis and pericarditis. And I didn't know, again, that this was a serious pr problem amongst our youth. But evidently, on the heels of the COVID-19 pandemic and the subsequent vaccines and their heinous mandates from our federal government, this is now a problem for kiddos. I bring you this commercial this commercial was d released by New York Presbyterian Hospital, and it's an odd commercial, and it's odd for one particular reason. I want you to ask yourself as you're watching it with me, what's so weird about this? What's, what's weird about this commercial? You won't believe it. Watch. I've been into fashion since I can remember, but one day I had a stomach ache so bad I didn't want to do anything. The team at New York Presbyterian said it was actually my heart. It was severely swollen, something called myocarditis. But doctors gave me medicines and used machines to control my heartbeat. They saved me. So now I can become the next great fashion designer. Uh, anything weird about that? <laughs> a child is the main character in a hospital ad for taking care of myocarditis. I was a kid once. I remember having asthma as a child. I outgrew it, thank God. I also had chicken pox. Oh, and I also had an allergy to bees. Yep, pretty much basic standard fare for sickness for kids. Not anymore. Now our kids have to worry about myocarditis, an enlarged heart, blood clots. So the science that gave us a cure for COVID, which was really the flu, and the cure gave us myocarditis for the kids, and now the science is here to give us the cure for the problems with the first cure for the flu. And yes, I said the flu. Why? Because news out of USA Today is telling us what I have suspected for a long time now, that the flu and the COVID deal are the same exact thing. 
The USA News publication reporting, quote, a combination vaccine for flu and COVID-19 is now in the works. Here's what to know. As the holiday season draws near, more Americans may be sporting two Band-Aids after receiving both their flu shot and their COVID-19 bivalent booster, I guess, annual, uh, twice annual booster. Vaccine developers are looking to relieve people. Ooh, how, how thoughtful of them. Relieve people from the unpleasant nature of getting two shots by creating one that offers strong protection against both viruses. Moderna and Pfizer BioNTech. Here they are again, ready to make money on you, my friends. Pfizer and uh, Moderna companies that have led the COVID-19 vaccination strategy say they're beginning trials to assess the safety, efficacy, and dosage of their candidate vaccine that combines four flu strains and two coronavirus strains. Health experts say these combination vaccines could be available as early as next flu season. Here's what to know. So this is how the science works, guys. Um, What could be happening? Maybe what's happening is that the big corporations who made billions of dollars selling us a cure for a problem that politicians exaggerated now cannot sell their vaccines anymore. That's a statistical fact, by the way. So the corporations have found a workaround. Let's just combine the COVID deal and the flu together in one big old shot and make billions off you every year. But it's not the flu. COVID's totally different. So don't go thinking they're the same, even though the same shot's going to take care of both. (laughs) WebMD tweeted this out a couple of days ago, uh, quote, telling COVID and uh, telling COVID a cold and the flu apart can be very difficult as they all can cause a cold, headache, fatigue, and more. When these symptoms strike, board certified providers at Minute Clinic can test for the flu and COVID in less than 15 minutes. Yes, I agree. I absolutely agree with that, WebMD. Telling COVID and the flu apart can be very, very different. Ladies and gentlemen, this is bizarro world. This is the world that we have been living in for two years. And tomorrow, I can't implore you enough. You've got to hold them accountable. I, 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 I just, I've never felt this passionate about a midterm election in my life. I've never even mentioned a midterm election. And by midterm, you know what that means, right? You're halfway through the presidential term and you have an election for certain senators and certain Congress people. And by and large, there is one party, and I hate to be that guy who takes a side, but there has been one party, the Democrat Party, the party that used to stand for freedom and liberty, the party who said, we don't want to control you. We don't want to call... We don't want the rules to be universal based on what you believe became the religion of science party, the religion of control you party, the party that decided that they were going to tell you exactly how to live. And if you didn't follow the codes, you were a pariah. Didn't get the jab. We're going to blame you for killing grandma. Didn't wear a mask. Shame on you. You're killing your neighbor. We're going to vilify you. Remember when the White House promised a winter of death and sickness for the unvaccinated? Remember when President Joe Biden called it no longer a pandemic of everybody, but a pandemic of the unvaccinated? This guy right here is unvaccinated and proudly so. I wasn't going to take an experimental jab. I wasn't going to fall for it. I was going to listen to the adults who were now in charge because the same adults who were saying trust the science over the COVID-19 pandemic were the same adults saying that kids 
kids should get hormone blockers and drag queen story hour at your local library was freedom of speech. No, my friends, that doesn't fly when I approach common sense world as we all should live in, as the rest of human society has lived in for every other era except the last two years of American society. And so, yes, I'm here to remind you who you should vote for. Who should you vote for tomorrow? The politicians that stand against what we've just experienced for the last two years. So again, a reminder from last time, which politician demanded that you shelter in place and mask up? Which politician kept you out of work, socially isolated for months and years, separated you from your dying relatives in the name of science, kept churches closed and liquor stores open, backed vaccine mandates forcing many to lose their jobs for not complying? supports gender confusion in public education, supports murdering unborn innocents for whatever reason. And you better start, if you're a Christian now, voting the opposite way. Please understand who the people are, what they stand for. Do they really stand for freedom and liberty? Do they vilify Christianity and your conscience as a Christian? Don't vote for them. Don't give them that audience. Don't fall for the lies. And don't fall for the fear-mongering. More of that in just a moment. But here is something that I want to share with you. It's a very simple thought, and it's a thought that came to me earlier this week. Don't vote your values. Don't vote your values. Do you know why? Because your values don't matter. My values don't matter. My values don't matter one whit concerning the world. Do you know what values do matter? Biblical values. God's values. God values life from the womb to the tomb. And even beyond the doom because he's going to raise us to life again. God values marriage, one man and one woman. God values the Christian faith. After all, it was his idea to send Jesus Christ to die for our sins and bring us back to God. And it is clear more now than ever before. Yes, both political sides are are so corrupt. (laughs) They both are. And I am hoping that if as we are expecting, a red wave takes place and Republicans launch into office and take back Congress that they will hold the president and his manipulative agenda accountable. I'm hoping that they do. If they don't, this is the last time I will ever in any way tell you to vote any way in particular. But these last two years have got me fired up. These last two years uh, was a bridge too far. And we have got to vote the right people in to hold accountable the demagoguing that we see taking place in our government right now. Now, to make light of all this, and before we go any further, I thought we would have a pre-midterm election meme drop. Remember meme drop? We did it with the Martha's Vineyard uh, Venezuelan refugees fiasco. (laughs) Well, let's have a little fun and do a meme drop, some fun stuff about pre-midterm election or midterm election eve. Let's go. Yes, okay, so meme drop, where we're going to start some music now. And we're gonna take a look-see at some funny memes that are flying around the internet. I like this one. Someone said Montana looks like Joe Biden sniffing Idaho. (laughs) And I can't unsee it. Uh, Yes, I do. I like that one. Okay, here's another one. Teach your kids to be men before pagans teach them to be women. Hmm. Yes, I agree. (laughs) Uh, 
And all of this, uh, I don't know if you've been hearing about how many celebrities are going to leave Twitter because Elon Musk now owns it and he's the uh, boogeyman. So this meme went around. I'm leaving Twitter. I'm leaving this group, but first I'm going to post about leaving this group. Then I'm going to stick around to see what everybody thinks about me leaving the group. And there's a picture of a baby crying. Yes, very appropriate. <laughs> By the way, all the celebrities that are leaving Twitter, people are like, who, who, who? Uh, oh, okay. Here's another one. When you're leaving Twitter, I'm sorry. When you tell everyone you're leaving Twitter because of Elon Musk's, Musk and it gets the most liked you've ever, likes you've ever had. Man, I blew that one. <laughs> when you tell everyone you're leaving Twitter because of Elon Musk and it gets the most likes you've ever had. Yes, very good. Very appropriate. <laughs> woman is crying at her phone. Okay, I'm not sure if this one is uh, dignified. It, let's just be honest, it's not dignified at all, but I'm going to share it anyway. Uh, hold on a minute. I'm downloading some celebrity opinions. <laughs> this one. Okay, holding our COVID overlords accountable. I like this, the guys at the doctor's office. At first glance, I'd say you had an arrow through your head, but I'll run a COVID test to make sure. Yeah, that's a good one. And then the whole uh, obesity pandemic. That's really the pandemic that we're dealing with. Uh, Christians, sometimes we're just as guilty. I love this meme. Lord, please bless this food to the nourishment of my body. <laughs> Have you ever done that? Have you ever prayed for the gross, greasy pizza? You literally pick it up and your hand is covered in oil. You're like, Lord, Lord bless. You know what I do? I, I do this all the time in front of church people too. I'm like, Lord, either bless it or forgive us because there's no way we're going to survive long if we keep eating like this. Uh, anyway, that's another one. There's a big debate about Christian nationalism. We did Christian nationalism on the show a couple of episodes ago. Maybe we'll link that in the description below. Christian nationalism is let's get back to, to biblical values and impose them on the populace before all hell breaks loose. And so this is a great uh, meme of, uh, addressing that. Which way, which way, Western man, Christian nationalism with a kingdom shining, radiant glory on the left or puberty blockers for 10-year-olds? <laughs> it's like, you know, all those Christians who want to say, well, I don't think that Christians should get in politics because we're supposed to not be of this world. Okay, well, we have two choices. They're as clear as day now. So you pick which way you should go. And speaking of puberty blockers and uh, gender-affirming care, I like this one. It's a very famous Drake meme. This is progressives' argument. arguments. Making gay people straight by altering, altering their minds to match their bodies. That's conversion therapy. That's no good. But making gay people straight by altering their bodies to match their minds? Gender-affirming care. <laughs> I like that one. That's a good one. All right. Uh, and then, of course, we all know that the president... Joe Biden, he struggles with bike riding and stairs and stages and um, where to go when he's done speaking. And one time he fell. I don't know if you know this. He fell uh, on the road while he's riding his bike. And so this one was posted somewhere. Joe fell here. <laughs> You've got <laughs> Nancy and, and uh, Colin Kaepernick are taking a knee for good old Joe. And there's AOC crying like she did at the border. <laughs> And then John Fetterman is running for Senate in Pennsylvania. John Fetterman had a stroke a couple of months ago, literally hardly can talk. And he's pretty much neck and neck in the polls with his opponent, Mehmet Oz, for a Senate in Pennsylvania. Well, he took to the stage. This is not a meme. This is a video. He took to the stage to talk about how he was uh, partnering with a president that had no corruption, no sedition. And watch what happens. Sometimes you don't even need to make a meme out of it. It's just a living meme. Watch this. 
Harris is going to be standing with Donald Trump on the stage. Oh. By the way, did you know that there is going to be a blood moon tomorrow? And a blood moon is colored red. <laughs> if you know your political colors, you can interpret that. It's almost as if God is putting out a meme. I don't know. Uh, then this one, all the pro-choice women out there. I will never let any man tell me what I can do with my body. Good for you. <laughs> okay, this is not a meme. This is just a picture someone posted on Twitter. And it's a picture of a shelf at CVS in New York City. Can you see a couple of things wrong with this picture of a shelf at a CVS in New York City? It's the deodorant aisle. <laughs> and even the deodorant is locked up. And that's not even the full story here. Look a little closer. Look at the prices of the deodorants. $9.49 for one stick of deodorant. Oh, yes, but the economy is booming. Yep. Yes, everybody, everybody's loving this economy right now. Ten bucks to smell nice. And then this is not a meme either, but sometimes you don't need the meme. It's just the whole reality is a meme. This someone posted on the heels of Elon Musk's takeover Twitter to everyone who lost their job at Twitter and is about to get the axe over at Facebook. Just remember, we're all in this together. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's a good one. That's a real good one, too. Yeah, we're all in this together. And I am hoping that we give the right people the axe starting tomorrow. Now, who knows what's really going to happen, friends. I, I can pray for our government no matter who gets elected. And that's what we do as Christians. We pray for our governmental leaders no matter who gets elected. Yes, yes. But things are really troubling. More troubling now than at any time in my life. And I don't say that with exaggeration. I really don't. And I really hesitate to tell people who to vote for, but it cannot be any clearer and more important than it is right now. And so you always, you all, you all assume you're gonna come to the channel for the deep end. This is not the deep dive, this is the deep end where we're gonna talk about politics, we're gonna talk about social issues, we're gonna talk about how Christians should respond. And yes, Christians should vote. Every Christian should vote. Do not be shamed into voting. Do not be silenced into voting. Do not let some pastor, well-intentioned pastor, convince you that you shouldn't vote because it's unspiritual or it's of this world. No, you are of this world. You are the salt of the, you are in this world. You're not of this world. You are in this world and you are the salt of the world and you've got to do your job. Now, I want to share a video with you. I'd like you to watch it with me together. This is a song written by someone on Twitter called Five Times August. And it's a music video to sum up and remind us what has happened for the last two and a half years? And I can't re recommend the video enough. We're going to watch it together. Check this out. One, two, three, four. Taking out your 
just fine. They want you weak. Don't speak. Don't question. Don't think. Keep staring at your smartphone. Get dumber every week. Now give up your freedom and shush. Oh Jesus, what happened to us? And learn to hate Make yourself the enemy But call yourself a saint Learn the rules, be a fool Remove your kid from school And apologize for everything Apologize for you Now give the TV All of your trust Oh Jesus What happened to us? Jack, Bill, Joe, they'll tell you what you need to know. They'll give you your permissions and tell you where to go. Lights, camera, action, edit. We're so pathetic. You believe it because you watched it. You believe it because they said it. Now everybody stay home and rust. Oh, Jesus, what happened to us? Five times August. What a song. What a video. I recommend it. Support the artist. Amazing. Great job. Uh, leave you with a final couple of thoughts just before we go to the polls. Everybody, this is my one issue voting set uh, line for you. The people who shut down your businesses and killed your careers are now asking that you reelect them so they can keep their jobs. Never forget what they've done to you. And like I said, 1 Timothy chapter 2 talks about this. We must pray and intercede and give thanks for all people. For kings and all those who are in authority, Democrats and Republicans, presidents, vice presidents, the people that we don't like, the people that we do like, we've got to pray that we might lead, lead a peaceful and godly and quiet life in a dignified way. This is good. It pleases God, our Savior. We must pray no matter who wins, but we can absolutely vote and hope that the right people do win. Now, some of the Democrats are saying, listen, if you vote Republican, democracy is at stake. This is their final pitch, by the way. Democracy is at stake. If you vote Republican, if you vote in a Democratic election, uh, suddenly democracy is no more. That's, that's literally what they're going around the world saying. Because when you failed for two years, the only argument that you can make is, well, the other guy is going to be worse. <laughs> and that's really what they're at. And so they traffic in fear. 
And I really hate when politicians traffic in fear. Both sides do that, by the way. But I would like to leave you with a quote from a former president who is also now trafficking in a lot of fear these past few weeks. And I think his quote is very apropos. Quote, leaders who feed fear typically are also ones who avoid facts, end quote. And that was said by none other than President Barack Obama. So that is my advice to you concerning tomorrow. That's why we're doing the show tonight, so that you can get to the polls tomorrow. Now, let's close out the show with some really good news. Really, really, really good. That's really good news. It's good. I am excited about this really good news. My next book is coming soon. It's called Ending Emptiness. Guys, I put a lot of work into this uh, book. It was a hard book to write. It's on uh, Ernest Hemingway, King Solomon, and you, and the book of Ecclesiastes. And the subtitle there is Finding the Fullest Life Heaven Can Offer You. I should almost add, in a world trying to confuse you. Anyway, the book is coming out very soon. Not sure exactly the exact publication date, but I want to give you guys an opportunity to get a hold of the first chapter as soon as possible. And how can you do that? Well, you can support the channel. I'm always asking for your support because we want to get advertising dollars into the channel so that we can support and, and flood the marketplace with this content and get it farther than it's ever gone before. So here's the deal. Support the channel for any amount. And we are going to send you the first chapter of the book digitally for free. That means you can send a dollar. You can send 50 cents. I don't care. Well, I do care, but uh, the more the merrier. And any dollar or any amount com coming into the show through the cash app, Tim Hatch Live or timhatchlive.com slash support, you get the free, you get the first chapter digitally sent to your email for free. So when you send us the, um, the, the financial support, please put your email in the memo so that we can get that right out to you as soon as we can release it. It's not releasable yet. It'll be released in the next couple of weeks. If you are a monthly supporter, I call you guys the dependables, okay? The dependables. You're gonna get a free printed copy of the book upon publication. That's just a small token of appreciation for your help in continuing to support this content. And in other good news, the deep dive is back tomorrow night where we are headed back to the book of First Kings. So join me tomorrow night for, uh, not tomorrow, not tomorrow night, sorry, Wednesday night. That We're not pushing that up. We're going to do that on Wednesday night. That So ignore tomorrow night. Then. We're going to do that on Wednesday night, the deep dive, 7.30. I am looking forward to being with you after the midterm elections. Get out there and vote. Hold them accountable. It's imperative that you do be the salt of the earth and the light of the world. And no matter the results, let's pray for our leaders that they'll wake up from this crazy, bizarro stupor. God bless you. Have a great night. Take care.